Good morning. Y'all doing good? I sure hope so. The sun is shining. It's Sunday, time to worship. And we continue in worship um, as the word comes forth. It, it is not just the singing and praying, but it is also the message that is so much a part of worship as we go forth. All right, I'm going to be honest. Uh, real, real quick. The prayer title is Rightful Prayer Leads to Worshipful Prayer. Now, it's been about a month ago. We, I received a call on a Friday night, or a Friday afternoon to speak in Osage. Last minute deal. And so the guys that are a part of our uh, Friday morning men's discussion, some of this might sound familiar to you. Because you can never know where I am going to get a sermon from. So be careful what you say. It might come up in later times and dates. But I'll be honest, most of what I got is my own thoughts. I didn't include what you guys had said because, I mean, so I don't want to embarrass myself and get myself in trouble with other guys. So that's also a plug for Friday mornings because we have a great time on Friday mornings. We have a wonderful time. Uh, we study different books we tie in scripture that is tied in with it we have great discussions and we also laugh and we laugh aloud and especially now that I'm there it gets really loud because my voice can carry very much so especially my um, my laugh I'll admit it <laughs> I have no problem in admitting it <laughs> so let's start and we will discuss the Lord's Prayer. That will be a part of it, and we'll discuss it later. But we're going to be jumping around in Scripture, so um, I'll, I think I got all the right page numbers, and I'll give them to you as, you as we go. So just be ready to flip, and let's get going. We're going to start in James 4, verse 3. That's in the Pew Bibles, that's page 1012. And the idea of this is, how do we pray? When we go to the Lord, how do we pray? Where do we start? How do we pray? Does it actually matter? Is it a big deal? How big is prayer? How big is it a part of our, our lives? What is our attitude? What is our words? We're going to kind of discuss a lot of this. And starting right away in James 4, verse 3, it says, You ask and do not receive, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So the first thing here is aligning our hearts with God. We've got to make sure our hearts are aligned with God. Oh, that we're not spending it on trivial matters. Our own desires, our own needs. Let's flip also real quick to Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. So we align ourselves with the Lord. We align ourselves with His heart, our hearts with His. Jeremiah 17, 9 Verses 9 and 10 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways 
according to the fruit of his deeds. That's a picture of God knows, right? Scripture says God knows before we even enter into prayer what our heart is. He wants to know our hearts. He wants to know the minds. He knows it already. We want to align it with Him. We want to align our thoughts and our processes, the things that we bring to Him in prayer with Him. We want it to glorify Him. We want our lives to glorify Him. You bring prayer. People that are coming to you with um, a prayer need. Yes, we pray for a, for a healing, a miracle. But in the end, it is about God's will. It is about how it better signifies Him. It's about how it better brings you closer to Him. So when we do pray, that's what we're looking for. And we're looking to align our hearts in that way. So it goes back again to aligning your heart and aligning your thoughts. The second one, do words we use in prayer matter? Do they matter? Matthew 6. Let's look at Matthew 6, 7 and 8. And that's in page 1, or not 1, sorry, 811. No, no, it's not. I got the wrong one here, I think. I got the right scripture, just wrong page number. Or no, you know what, my Bible, I'm sorry. My Bible I'm using is not the same as yours. It's this ESV, but it is not on the same pages. So I'm looking at my page number, I'm getting confused. So it may be on page 811 <laughs> in yours, guys. Verses, chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. And it says this, and, and this is Jesus talking. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. And do not be like them, for your Lord knows what you need before you ask Him. So, in so many ways, it doesn't matter. The Lord intercedes. The Holy Spirit is with you. I'm not going to be able to quote the scripture right now, and I know I could get in trouble with Pastor later for not having it here, but it's coming to my head. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we have what? Groanings. When we can't even think about what we say. He intercedes. That's what they're looking at here. These verses. He already knows. Be a part of it. Don't worry about what you say. Worry about where your heart is aligned and what your thoughts are in the process. That goes right into back into Luke. It brings in the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Pharisee sat up there. I'm so glad I am not like the tax collector in the back, Lord. I give. I am clean. I am holy in my own sight. And the tax collector in the back is, a sinful man, Lord, I do not even deserve to be here. So, 
as we continue on, how do we learn to pray then? Well, we read it. We did it, and I'll read it again. But I'm also going to include this. So, first part, this is a picture right now in 6, 7, and 8 of Jesus starting this process, okay? I'm going to flip to Luke 11, 1, 8, 6, and 9. Because I can imagine a certain disciple... I think you might all know who I'm talking about saying this. I mean, okay, so you're in six, because you got both of them quoted here. So you're in six, and Jesus has already started, according to Matthew, teaching the Lord's Prayer, teaching them how to pray. Now, Jesus was praying in a certain place. So I'm, I'm saying Jesus has already spent some time in prayer, and he started teaching the disciples. And then one of them says, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples. <laughs> I see Peter doing that. Honestly. Interrupting the Messiah to ask him to do what he's already doing. I, I see Jesus going, Peter, really? Again? I was already going there. Give me a chance, man. Okay, so let's look at 6. Back in Matthew 6, 9 to 13. Pray then like this. Our Lord, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debtors, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Teaches, Jesus is teaching them how to And yes, we, we quoted this. And you're going to old places, to so many different places, and they quote the Lord's Prayer. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. But what is the Lord's Prayer? Is this the only and the only words that we are supposed to use? No. It is a template of how to pray. How we are to approach God. There's times when I I go to uh, years ago when I taught youth group, I had this discussion with one of my kids and they said, "Well, Aren't we supposed to talk to God like he's a friend? Because that's what she was told. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not going to say no, because I do it. I used to get some strange looks. I used to have a guy that I worked with. Um, we'd be, I used to work for the railroad. We used to and go inspect trains. And as I walked, I'd find myself sometimes talking out loud to the Lord. And my partner's going, what'd you say? And I'm going, ah, never mind, that wasn't meant for you. <laughs> well, I mean, we can have a discussion later if you want, but that was not directed at you, that was directed at the Lord. So yes, we are to have that time of, man, I can talk, just walk along and carry on a conversation with the Lord. 
I am not to that point in my relationship with the Lord where I hear him back. I need to read this to hear him back. I'm, I'm not hearing an audible voice in my head. I'm just sounding like a crazy person when I'm talking to myself. But there are times where we can just break this down. Our Lord, our Father in heaven, he needs the time of majesty. We have to remember, he is the creator. He created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in it. He is our Savior, my brother, my new brother. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you are part of the family of God. You are now my brother. And I can say that. But it's because of this that we have the right and the responsibility to say, and take the time and recognize his majesty and have that time of holiness where we say, you are my God. I love you. The majesty of it. And we have the requests that we take for him. The prayer requests, the needs in our lives, the needs of healing, the needs of financial responsibility, the needs of how to counsel somebody. Take that to him. That is part of what we do. We are given the daily bread in, in Scripture, in food, in everything that we do. We are to go to him and ask for forgiveness. I am saved. I have been saved since I was a junior in high school. Does that mean that I never go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness because I've already been saved and all my sins are covered. There's a responsibility as a Christian, as a believer, to still go and say, okay, Lord, I realize I messed up. I sinned here. And yes, you have already forgiven me, but I need to say it so I recognize it. That's part of this as well. And we have to take that and learn it and apply it to people that come to us and say, I go to Roy and go, Roy, man, I sinned against you. Please forgive me. Or he comes to me, please forgive me. That we act in the same accordance that Christ is teaching here. And we all have to be able to learn how to pray. And pray properly. Like I said, Man, Pastor, would you give me a glass of water? I'm used to being when I'm preaching in Osage, they already have a bottle of water up here for me. They know I need it. <laughs> I was saved when I was a junior in high school. When I was a senior, I was going to go take a test. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to go into law enforcement. Thank you. Sometimes I would get dry, get real bad cotton mouth. And then I really get tongue tied. Anyhow. And I, I don't know. Who all remembers Chips? The TV show Chips, not the movie. I've been told as, as, uh, as from guys that I know that are unsaved, Troy, never watch the movie. You are, won't like it. But I grew up wanting to be not Eric Estrada. 
I wanted to be his partner. I mean, come on. I thought I, I, I thought he was pretty cool. Anyhow, it's been so long ago, I don't even all remember all the names. Um, anyhow, but I wanted to be a cop. That was my heart's desire. Doesn't the Bible say when you go to pray, pray your heart's desire, you shall receive it? That was my heart's desire. So the spring of my senior year, I'm going, I got this test. Okay, I'm now newly saved. I need to pray about this to make sure that the Lord is with me. And I go, Lord, this is what I want. Give me the foresight to go into this test, the physical test, the, the psychological test, and come out and I'm ready to go the next year. And I can go to school and I can go into law enforcement. I can be this cop and I can do this great stuff for you and help people and protect people, all that. And he goes, Troy, and again, I'm going to say this because it wasn't an audible voice, okay? I'm, I'm not there. But it's that feeling of, Troy, you're praying wrong. What do you mean I'm praying wrong? You're praying wrong. I said, okay, so instead of sitting on the chair, I'm going to kneel before the chair and bow my head and go, Lord, I really want this. Give it to me. This is my heart's desire. And he goes, Troy, you're praying wrong. I start scratching my head. Well, what am I what what can I do different? Oh, I know. I'll go pray at the altar at church. And I'll do it by myself. So I drive to the church I was going to at the time. Doors locked. Jim, I flipped out my knife, shimmied the door, opened the door, and went in and prayed before the altar. Um, the Lord goes, Troy, you're praying wrong. I'm like, what do you mean? Still trying to figure it out. All of a sudden, it, hit, it, it doesn't hit me, but I'm going, oh, wait a minute. Okay, i got to go back to church, pray at the altar again, but I better be there when the doors open because I shouldn't have broke into the church to pray in the first place. <laughs> so now I'm at the altar asking God's forgiveness for breaking into the church so I can get my heart's desire to become a cop. And it's like, and it, I, I, so I do this, and... It's still, Troy, you're praying wrong. What did I say at the beginning of this? What am I supposed to do? Align my heart with the Lord. All of a sudden, it hits me. Page 851 in your pew Bibles, Mark chapter 14, verse 36. This is the Lord... This is Christ, our Savior, praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is where it went. Again, it's Mark chapter 14, verse 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet... Not 
what I will, but what you will. Whoa. Whoa. It is not about what I wanted. Christ had the power to stop what was doing. He was God. He's the Son of God, but yet He's looking to His Father and saying, I want your will to be done. i got to align my heart with the Lord. So guess what? I prayed again, realizing what I had done, realizing what I needed to do. I didn't hear from God. Well, I did, because I went and took the test, and I didn't pass. But, here's the thing. When I got back that very day, we had youth group that night, and I got into youth group, and my youth group leader said, Troy, how did the test go? I said, I didn't pass. And he came to me later and said, you know what? I can see the peace that you had in you. And we won't discuss what portion of the test I didn't pass. Because if you know, <laughs> anyhow, if you know me, you should also know that, yeah, there was a psychological side of the test, you know. Yeah. But, so, I'm not going to sit here and go, every time you pray, you're going to always have that miraculous feeling. Or when a prayer goes unanswered that you're not necessarily always going to have peace. Sometimes you don't. But continue to pray about it and seek the Lord's heart to align with yours. And we can do that the best when we go back and continue in Mark 14, but in the verse above it. What's that say? Verse 14, uh, 35 of Mark 14. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that it was possible that the hour would pass. So, for those that know the garden, and I'm just going to real quick say it, Jesus took three disciples with him, stopped, said, you stay here and pray, and he went on a little further. He went on and prayed by his own. Okay? So take time on your own to be with the Lord, to pray. Matthew, let's get back to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, pages 8, 11 again. Oops, I went too far. Verse 6. Matthew 6, verse 6 says this, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Why is that so important? Why is praying in secret so important? Marv, you remember what I told you that Friday?
was last Friday. This is this was a month ago. <laughs> like I tell you, we have a good time on Friday mornings. <laughs> that is not what I was talking about. But you know, you get that idea of praying in secret. Your heart is going to be revealed to the Lord. There is no one around you. There's no one to impress. Man, you sing sometimes the most off-key notes and the loudest when you're by yourself. This is what I was talking about, Marv. And I told this story in men's group, and I just remember at the end of it, Marv still looking straight ahead going, wish I, I wish I could see that. I got that image. I wanted to see it. Well, brother, you're going to see it. Because I know we're, we're Baptists, and yet don't generally say we dance. But here we go. There was a day, and this is what I'm getting at. When, you're, when you get into music and you're by yourself, you start to sway. You used to go back and forth and start to do this. Well, here's the deal. One day, Julie and I and Karsten were cleaning the house. I had my music in the front room just to go on. And I was getting into it. And I got a vacuum cleaner. So I got the cord in one hand, I got the vacuum here, and I'm going, woohoo, yeah. I'm really getting into this song, man. I'm having a good time. And then I look up and I'm out of the corner of my eye and I see my son. And I'm going, you know, I'm a dad. I got to go, even if he's by himself, I got to do this a little bit harder and a little bit more just to embarrass him. Then I really look up. And he's got the biggest smile on his face that you've never seen. Why is that? Because he had his phone out videotaping me. And I'm like, man, that had better not see Facebook. <laughs> what you do in secret with all your heart, the Lord is there. We are not there to impress anybody. When you pray on your own, you can pray with a fervency. And that goes into James 5, 16 and 17. Again, all of a sudden. See, I told an embarrassing story, now I got cotton mouth. Page 1013 in your pew Bibles. Back to James 15 and 16. Pastor, I think you put a hair in my cup. <laughs> See, you just never know what you get with me when I'm up here. True? It's, it's, it's getting whatever. Matthew, James 5, 16 and 17 says this, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of righteousness, the great power as it is working... Elijah was a man with a, with a nature like ours, so he wasn't anything special. He was human. He was like us. And he prayed with fervently that it may not rain for three years, six months, and it did not rain on the earth 
fervently. I looked it up. I'm not that bright, so I had to look it up. Great intensity with feeling, with enthusiasm. When we are alone in prayer, these are the things that we can enter into in a point that will be unmatched. And when we align our hearts with the Lord and we can pray in a worshipful prayer, as this is saying, great things will happen. Great things will happen in our lives. I'm going to touch a little bit back on Mark or James 16 here real quick. And I'm lasting longer than 20 minutes. Have you noticed that? <laughs> That's an inside joke, people. But we started, and part of the reason I think the Lord has brought this, and this last week when I was asked to do this, this is immediately when you asked me to do this, this came into uh, my thought. Even though I already had done it once in another church, I thought this will be perfect, especially for this time. I missed it. We had a revival project back in January. And because I was all of a sudden called at the last second to preach, then I couldn't be here because I had to come up with a sermon. <laughs> but then I had a friend that was there who reached out and said, hey, I want to have you as my basically prayer buddy. And I'm going to share prompts with you. Great. Let's do that. And he sends me a text one to two a week on praying for revival and praying for revival for not just this church but the community as well to pray for one another that's what this is getting at in more ways than one we pray so Bob can strengthen me taking time to go to Bob and say Bob buddy I got a prayer request you, I need you to pray with me or pray for me and have that happen and this is where I say we have to do a better job and I have to and I, uh, I had a friend a while back ask for prayer and I had to call him up later because I said yes I will pray for you and I did but what did I not do I didn't take the time to pray for him right then and there. Why not? We were right here at church. What better place to do it? Because I was busy thinking about trying to get home because I had something else on my mind. We are to pray for one another. We have to learn to pray. The Lord's Prayer is there as a template. Use it. People say, pray through the Bible. Well, how do you do that? Well, read a portion of the Scripture. Pray it. And not necessarily word for word, but say, hey, this is what, it, what I think. Is this right, Lord? Show me. When we enter in prayer together and we do it in the right manner, it becomes worshipful. And nothing can stand against a worshipful prayer. Not the gates of hell over with prayer.
with a body that doesn't just enjoy being together. Because I love this church. We sit and visit. And last week we were out of here to go eat with some friends and we didn't leave for 45 minutes because we were sitting here visiting with everybody else. But when a body comes together and prays for one another and prays together with a fervent heart and we do it in secret on our own as well, the Lord's mighty will can be accomplished in so many ways. Pray together. Learn to pray. Think through these things. People that are newly saved, pray Learn to do it on a daily basis. And I know there's going to be mess-ups. Man, like I said, I've been saved since I was a junior in high school. Do I always get it done on a daily basis? No. But get it done. Work at it. And as you work at it, it becomes second nature. Now, as I'm wrapping this up, Josiah, are you going to come up and lead the song? Because I'm not. You don't want that. But let's quick pray. And we'll end, end the service here. Lord God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the people that are here. I thank you for your heart, Lord, for us that you gave your Son that we can come to know you, that we can learn more about you, that we can learn to pray well and for one another, and that we learn to align our hearts and our thoughts with you. You are majesty, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. And yes, we are here to do that this morning, and we have done so. And let us close this service in song, in joyful song, to praise your name forevermore. I ask this in your name. Amen.